right, coming at you, no GPS, new podcast by me, Aaron, and my good friend, Mez. Been at this for a long time, but haven't done it for a long time. Um, we just want to <laughs> introduce uh, the crew, the team. Uh, there's definitely going to be more of us in the future, but uh, my name is Aaron. I hail from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and my homie Mez is from... Well, that might be a long story, but <laughs> where do you, you even where you hail at? from Toronto? Huh? <laughs> do you even hail from Toronto? You are in Toronto, that's for sure. <laughs> that's that's true. I don't know where I'm from, actually, man. It's, uh, it's part of the whole no GPS thing, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's uh, that's the whole title. There's no uh, there's no singular place. There's no singular fromness. But yeah, I'm in, in South London. <laughs> If you want to pinpoint me, that's that's where I'm at. I feel that, I feel that. And I am here in the west end of Toronto. Let's make it specific to the actual place. Um, <laughs> and if you know about those spots, you know those geographies and the demographics that they have. So that can let you a little that that, that can let you know a little bit about us from the outset. Um, so yeah, we're back here again. Um, you're wondering why again, but we had our foray, foray, for foray foray sorry about that into the podcast world back in 2015 mez you were much earlier than that you had a serious podcast career um you can still find his stuff online uh you want to talk a little bit about that we used to be the dummy men um i think, <laughs> I think we kind of still are but yeah <laughs> yeah it was i don't know if it was a podcast but it was a podcast before podcasting it was just a way to capture um, interviews and put them up online, you know, just as functional as it could get. We didn't really call it a podcast, but it was, it's not like the way podcasts are now. So I think that well, the first one was in 2014, and then the last one was in 2017, or thereabouts, 2017, I think. And then, uh, yeah, and then, the, then the long hiatus, and then, yeah, whatever, COVID happened, and, and uh, we're in a new world. We're in a brave new world, my friend. If you know the pun or you know the reference, sorry, then uh, you're following us. But yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, we've been trying to do this again and again and again and just had so many other kinds of conflicting ideas and like, what's the set path for this? And then you know what? It just made sense because when we talk, we just talk about everything. We could talk about um, African history and the next moment we're talking about Star Wars and then, but there's all points of relativity to them and themes and universal kind of like connections um so we just wanted to come with just the full wrath of you know the conversations that we have which is really just just laid back conversations about life trying to glean meaning from everyday events and put them in a particular context that makes sense to us to the best that it can you know what i mean um but yeah, so formally... That's basically what the podcast form format is for now, right? That's what people use podca podcasting for. It's, it's to, to lay back and relax and, you know, um, to take a, a chilled chilled out version um, of, a, of a serious discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's for real. That's for real. And I think so if you... We're just, we just, we just joining the cult. That's all we're doing. <laughs> We were, it's it's funny because it's like doing podcasts before podcast and then jumping in on it when it's like really like this this worldwide phenomena that's just taking over everything. It's it's funny, right? Like, and I was the hesitancy to come back into it, right? To be like everybody's doing this. Like, well, what are we gonna do? And it's like, well, you know what? We have a valuable conversation or not? And you can. Sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I just think that there's 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 a lot here, and obviously, we're doing this under um, a context, right? So, we have a multimedia, you know, startup that we have where we produce articles, we produce music, we produce games for mobile phones, we do all kinds of things, and I do that under the name of Soker, so S O K E R. So this is Soker presents No GPS, the podcast, um, and then of course, like all the music, everything. That gets provided is done by Tref West, me and my homie Andrew, um, and me, Mez, my brother, we're all part of this soaker uh, umbrella. So we're doing it under 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 those terms now. 
yeah the the format uh, form itself the form itself is interesting podcast right the format because mm-hmm. um a long time ago you just used to be radio then it became you know radio is boring you know have video and then uh somehow we returned back to the audio format but you know not you know on your own terms whenever you want to hit play it should start playing so you don't miss your favorite radio show so I think uh, the first podcast I think I heard was in mid 2000s like as an idea I was like yo this is dope I can just download it uh, and I can listen to it on the go or I can go all back back way back that was in Eritrea at the time so you have to go uh, home to listen to it um, <laughs> that's crazy or you have to go to the to, to the internet cafe and stream it so in a way it was kind of going to the radio station and <laughs> asking the DJ physically hit play I'm here now, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then slowly build up, and then some people were hip to it. I think even us in 2014 were pretty late, and then wow. um, but now it's it's everywhere. So now it's become like uh, you know it's part of the it's part of the uh, the environment now. Everyone's doing it. There's a podcast on everything, like there's a Wikipedia article on everything. So uh, I don't know. So, uh, like I said, we're just joining something that's not special. Maybe the beginning was <laughs> special, but now it's just, it just is. <laughs> well, I think that that's what make, makes it special right now. This is a uh, we're having a meta, a meta commentary on 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 on, on the <laughs> podcast, right? A podcast about podcasts. Podcasting. Right? <laughs> I'm sure even that exists, but hey, I'm not, I'm not uh, I'm not professional enough to know. But I, l- I listen to a lot of them. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones out there. Um, and obviously we just want to contribute to the storytelling that's being done. And obviously I think podcasts are evolving into something else. Now we have like the scripted audio musicals and everything like that. Something that we're getting into as well. Um, and something that could be turned into, uh, TV shows. It could be turned into a lot of different things. I mean, they're breaking music artists now with, with podcasts, right? So record labels are even thinking about the podcast in, in much different ways, not just as um, casual conversation between two people, but like uh, 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 a way to go beyond even the interview and 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 and, and present an artist like uh, like a movie. Do you know what I mean? Uh, no. So we'll see what that looks like in the future. Uh, I'm doing that for well, myself right now, as well. People, if, hmm? if you have a big, uh, I mean, like a bigger platforms. They even charge like a whole lot of money for certain guests just to be on. That's what I was reading recently. So it's, it's like a form of payola. Right. Um, right, right. Yeah. Some people want to be on your podcast because you're big enough for them to reach out, uh, reach uh, audiences. So they'll pay you for it. And uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, it's like I said, it's part of the urban environment now. Tech, the tech urban environment. So anyways. That's pots for you. <laughs> yeah, just to let them know that we're new to this, but not too new to this. Um, you know, just, just, just Everybody to let you know. Everybody huh? talks. Nobody's, nobody's new to talking. Nobody's new to conversating. Nah, this is what we do, man. Um, so, so you mentioned something earlier there. Uh, the first time you heard a, uh, about a podcast or, or listened to a podcast, you were in, um, in sunny Eritrea. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's referred to Eritrea like that. In sunny Eritrea, uh, you were in sunny. Tourism guide used to be three seasons in two hours or something like that. Ah, right, right, right. Guaranteed to give you a great migraine and you might throw up on the way to to Ginda. (laughs) (laughs) I know I have. So yo, so yeah, man, coming from, coming from. Well, I don't know where you're coming from. Well, you got to tell us where you're coming from. But we met. I know that for certain. That much my memory can recollect. In Eritrea, uh, we both come from Eritrean descent. Both of our parents are from Eritrea. It's uh, if you don't know about it, and you think that we're talking about um, uh, a beautiful woman somewhere out there, uh, no, no, it's a country in the northeast of Africa, right there on the Red Sea coast. It's a it's... Stunning, <laughs> stunning woman. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's a country, maybe six, seven million, very small. Gained its independence, 91, 92, 93. Uh, when was the referendum? 93, we officially become a nation. Um, 
so yeah that's a little bit about our actually you can wikipedia it do all the, the different little things uh, it's a nice quirky little country out there that you might be fascinated by but anyways i don't know <laughs> that, what year we i've never heard huh? quirky that quirk, quirky is something i never heard uh, describing eritrea but hey that's uh that's new maybe i'm projecting like maybe, maybe i'm projecting myself onto it i don't know um some might it? say irky as an irksome but <laughs> sorry we're hurt we're hurt <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't we met like in i think we briefly met in 99 on a basketball court but we really started to, right, right. we really met each other probably 2000 i think yeah 2000 yeah 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 we met on I a think 99 was hmm? uh the the Bochafila days, the main basketball court in Asmara. Uh, and then 2000 may have been around the high schools, I guess. I remember yeah. seeing you around Richie in 2000. Right, right, right. High school. Right, right, right. In then the you, city. Then you left and you came back in 02 summer. And mm-hmm. then I still haven't seen you since. Since 2000. It's 20 years now. Wow. Summer of 2002. 2002, yeah. So right, right. we just had the summer of 22. It's crazy. I can't believe that. Um, that is... <laughs> It's pretty insane. Um, over the years, we still managed to keep in contact, make everything happen. We're, we're, we're both on different sides of the Atlantic. Um, but of course, that, that shared experience back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s was um, stick enough to, to still ensure that we would have a lot to talk about over the years, um, recollecting on our experiences, trying to learn in hindsight laugh at little things and maybe cry about some things too who knows um but yeah so that's that's a little bit about where we source our 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 friendship from way back then uh the 2010s was it 2009 2010 kind of like reconnected over skype maybe even msn and then probably took it somewhere else yeah um yeah because you get you get over into london with 2009 uh, late 08. Oh, late 08. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, November or something. Right, 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 right. So you, so you, you, you went through that old experience of being like newcomer to that country. And then we were talking, you were going to university and you had like all of these, these interesting books that you were reading, all this interesting, interesting, uh, dialogue that you were bringing to the table. We start reading a lot of the same kind of books, um, that you were referencing, and referring and then from there that's probably how we got into doing the podcast doing um doing uh those podcast episodes in 2015 right we were talking about the beloved afropolitan we were talking about wonderful <laughs> anthropology on on the the, the beautiful uh, borana romo people it's it's a connection to african democracy or it's or it's uh the type of African democracy that was being practiced there. We talked about a lot of different things. Um, we were shitting on Black Panther. Oh, yeah. She that was coming out in a couple of months. Yeah, man. And we became the biggest Marvel stands um, after that, which is uh, which is pretty cool. I think there's, there should be contradictions in life. So Hey, I, st- I, still, I still stand by that. <laughs> Just, it's the, the context of the conversation is what shifted. Right. The, that context is still there. Anyways, but um, the um, I was gonna say is the, the interesting books you talk about. When I was picking up those books, I came across the name of a certain writer, and I thought, oh, this is too close to home because at the time I was uh, interested in shedding some of that uh, Eritrean skin and just diving into the, the context around Eritrea that made Eritrea. You know, you kind of look outside to to look back in again. Mm. So. Uh, I was I was uh, I was ignoring that I was parking that to the side every time I found uh, something that you know in my path that uh, reminded me or was uh, of Eritrean origin, and that name was uh, Tanai Sarah Abraham. And uh, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not even gonna. I won't, I won't, I won't deal with this until not for now. <laughs> I'll I'll leave this for later. And then lo and behold, you're out here saying, yeah, man, I read I, I read that Tanai Sarah Abraham. I read that, of course. I know his, I know him. I know him very well. And I'm like, what? All right, we need to talk then. <laughs> you, need to, you need to ease me back in. Oh my god! He was, Yo. he was, he was, he was a friend of Lewis Gordon, or at least a colleague. And right. they have a relative, like you know, similar. You know, they're in Africana studies, though. So. Mm-hmm. That was like the meeting point. 
I came through Lewis, stopped at Chennai. You came through your uh, Africana studies, mm-hmm. and you know about Chennai, Sarablan, and that's what that's what it was. That was the link up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was crazy. I remember that. Like I, I read Sanai Sarablan in uh, in my African philosophy class, and I mean right away when I seen that name, I said, no, he's he's urgent. This this ain't no Ethiopian. Um, so I was I was like, wow, like you know we knew about like Tedros Kiro Keros and all those guys. No, actually he's urgent too. Um, it's <laughs> a lot of urgent philosophers actually when you think Tedros about Kiro, it. Tedros Kiros, is he the Ohio guy? The Ohio yeah. University or something? Tedros Kiros. I think he's at. Am I making? I think he's at Berkeley. Uh, oh, is college. he the? Oh, the Berkeley music guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I was yeah, thinking yeah. about someone else. Yeah. Another Eritrean professor at a at an Ohio State, not um, or oh, somewhere in the state of Ohio University. I think that's I Nagash. My mother. Nagash. Could Nagash. be. Yeah. It's like, like, yeah. Like she said she knew someone who knew him, so you know, could talk uh, to him about it. Well, that the time was going for a master's and stuff. Like, hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're out there, man. Just hiding. <laughs> well, that that was the interesting. I think our last, the podcast we were supposed to do for the W Men, the last one, or the one that we didn't get around to do, to do was the one on Senai Sarakrahan. Ah, ah, we're gonna read his Hegel stuff, right? Yeah, which is like phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal stuff. Um, yeah, like like even after that, I kept buying his books. His, his stuff is pretty good. Um. I like what he does with hermeneutics. It's application to I have one of his books. Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, that was the connective tissue right there. That's what kind of like was the thing that started it all. You know what I mean? Back then, and then reading Lewis Gordon, like I used to just get lost in the university library stacks, not even doing work, just just looking for just looking for our people and. Um, I came I, I came across you see so you're you're doing the opposite you were looking for for our people I was yeah you I was, uh, exactly you were not looking for other people <laughs> exactly to understand you know what was happening around uh to kind of just get because sometimes you know when we come out of certain places I mean it's something that everybody kind of kind of goes through if they're not in the west but they're influenced by the west it, it could you could be from anywhere you could be in a small town you can be in a smaller country um outside of the 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 geographical zone of you know the global north and uh, you feel provincial you feel like you're not cosmopolitan and you want to be you know you want to inundate yourself with you know everything that you feel like you've been deprived of right and it could be intellectual it could be entertainment wise it could be all kinds of things right I definitely understand that like just you know my time in Eritrea just feeling like time had stopped which was actually a good thing for me back then I got context I went from uh, wanting to become an accountant to, you know, studying philosophy and all that kind of stuff, which uh, is a good thing and a bad thing, uh, you know, for my family. But <laughs> I stick by my, my choice. I stick by my choice. Um, no regrets. Yeah, yeah, no regrets. But, no regrets. but the, prop, the, 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 the looking at, at yourself from the outside is, uh, I think that's the next stage for if, if you want to find out about yourself you have to kind of look outside and see where uh and then look back somehow you know through whatever means you have um, you know available because even you think you might be the only two three houses in a in a small collective if something from the outside arrives at your doorstep and starts building bigger houses before you know it you are the urban center you mm-hmm. used to think of yourself as uh, rural but now this thing, this thing that arrived from the outside that now you have to take into account about what made you. In Eritrean context, in the 40s, the whole nationalist movement was, you know, the things were happening inside in a real sense, but they were being the discourse was happening from the outside, and even the money was flowing in from the outside. Like the ideas and the definitions um, of how this country was going to be. You know, it was Cairo, it was Khartoum, it was other places. So that was part of it. Uh, you, you know, wherever the power structure is. Yeah, yesterday I was watching a bad movie. You know, as one does. <laughs> it's like yeah. this suburb. This, this is about the context of the suburban uh, kind of, um, you know, um, what do you call it? idyllic suburban uh, city or whatever, like or um, place. And one of the women there <clears throat> tells the tells another woman they're about to build a whole bunch of rows, you know, behind ours. 
which is great because now uh, we'll be closer to town. And the other woman was like, wait, they're building them. They're building new ones behind our rows or behind our row. How is that? How does that make us closer to town? And she's like, uh, well, because they'll be further away from it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. So they, you see what I'm saying? Like, they're just, just a joke about, you know, how uh, someone someone thinks about, you know, center and periphery. We're no longer the periphery. So we're, that makes us closer to the center, that kind of, that was, I guess, the point. Yeah, and it, and it happens before you know it, right? Um, And there's even, even <laughs> like, I was surprised to, to see, and I just, I found this book just by, by happen chance. I was surprised to just to see, like, you know, even before the 40s, there was an intellectual tradition um, in Eritrea and in Ethiopia. Um, uh, I, I learned about these different writers. They were, they were essentially like like scribes, like people who were educated in um, like in, in, in the traditional churches and even in the, the Lutheran church uh, that was brought over by Swedish uh, missionary, uh, missionaries, evan evangel evangelicals. Um, but then also uh, a lot of these guys, because they were men back then, um, who were doing historical writing uh, before the before the revolutionary 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s period. These guys were like in the late 1800s, the 1910s, the 1920s, the early onset of Italian colonization, the defeat of the Italians in Adwa, all that kind of stuff you had. A lot of these these scribes who were being educated in the in the traditional schools and some who were going out to places like Cairo, but uh, most of them actually going to Europe, going to places in Italy, um, going to I think one of the individuals went to Sweden. And so this book that I was reading, uh, that I came across and that I finally got around to reading, um, is called Guardians of the Tradition um, by James De, De, De La Renzi, and it just talks about the 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 histi histor historiography uh, that was being created through new through their own understanding of modernity mixed in with their own kind of Christian understanding of the world and in the indigenous um, sources of knowledge right they were using things like the Kibra Nagast all kinds of um, different uh, literature to kind of understand their context in the world, right? And a lot of them that were catching a lot of heat were the ones who were doing what you were saying, understanding the context from without, right? And so I'm not gonna say that our people are xenophobic, but we, we've been through something for the last 2000 years where once, uh, once a great maritime power, the Aksumite Empire, uh, when it was uh, deprived of its ports and uh, it, it can no longer sell frankincense at uh, you know premium prices, uh, we got a little bit uh, scared and we kind of retreated into the mountains, right? And so every time we try to <laughs> you know be cosmopolitan, right? I think I forgot which emperor it was. It wasn't Emperor Susanos. Um, you know, he tried to become Catholic as I don't think as a way to profess his religiosity, but as a way to connect himself as a Prester John type of individual to the rest of the world um, through Europe. And it just, you know, it kept backfiring. Right. People were so against it. Um, so it was this is during the Portuguese like era, like when yeah. they were coming through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay. 1600s, 1700s, that 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 right. period. Yeah. So. We're coming out of that period, um, and so we still have uh, all the wounds from the Aksumite era that we haven't really went over. Um, you know, I, when I was back in Eritrea, I, I, I went on like, you know, just, I would always spend time in the countryside, um, only because like my family was out there, but I, I did like a, a tour, they, they, and they, 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 um, they said it was uh, the first tour of Eritrea of its kind, right? So we went to all these historical sites. We went to all these different places, um, and I was just surprised to see. And then I remember, I remember one of the tour guides telling us, like, "Hey, this country actually has a country that's very small, actually um, mighty but strong, uh, small, mighty and strong but small, um, with a very rich in in um, with a very rich history." But they actually said to me. And I was like, I probably scoffed at it and didn't believe what the individual was saying to me. And, and he said that next to the Nile Valley, Valley, which is probably he was probably including some of Sudan in there, and Egypt. 
um, Eritrea has the most, um, the most, the, 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 the most ruins, the most archaeological ruins in Africa. And I was what, like, what year was this? This was like two, that, this was 2002. Um, oh, okay. so, 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 so we haven't done those digs there to even on, on, on a wide, wider scale to even know, uh, you know, what happened, what went wrong in some of the merchant cities or, or what have you. We just have speculation and then we have the Kebra Nagast as a, a kind of very mystical abstract document to connect us to that period. But we don't know so much. And like I said, I think that a lot of the things that's happening right now are still like the wounds of maybe trying to re restart uh, that old tradition um, or just, you know, whatever the, the ravages of history have, have done, man. But there's a lot there. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. In, in the book? Yeah, the book is interesting in the sense that it talks about these intellectuals who were, at the time Africa was being written about, um, were writing about Africa and writing about other countries. They were writing about well, why one individual was writing about how Japan did... Um, Modern, the modernization of their country the best and we should use it as a model right and right. You know, there was these you know country by country um, cultural exchanges that were happening between the intellectuals they were they were really talking about these things in a, in a deep way and even if they weren't able to uh, have a real like decolonial um, revolution they were they were having before the 60s and the 70s and the 80s happened, the revolutionary era happens, you have these people thinking about these these things, right? They're thinking about our our, our role in Libya um, as the Ascari, as, as the soldiers, um, and they're critiquing it, they're thinking about it, they are trying to figure out the relationship between Ethiopia and now colonial Eritrea, and, you know, there's obviously so much in common and trying to kind of bridge that, you know what I mean? Um, they've been yeah, trying to do it. Brought since... it to the crossroads, so they, yeah. they have to ponder many, uh, many, uh, many pathways. And as a guy, that's that's the the price you pay, right? You once you leave your your domestic uh, abode like that, the the inner the inner sanctum. Once you come out, now you have, you all of a sudden all these choices. Uh, for some people that's liberating well a lot you know with it also comes uh well you have to choose now you know so you have to take it all in yeah and that's 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 difficult sometimes especially uh, when two things that you're trying to bring together whether they're ideas whether they're particular types of lifestyles um uh to integrate those two things and i think that um the kind of culture that we come from it's 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 always find yourself in the middle choose the moderate path right i think you know that's the reason why psalms you know um is so important right the words of king david and and habisha culture um irrespective of you know what religious uh background or religious affiliation you have right but it just preaches this type of moderation and finding yourself in the middle in the center and that can be a good thing or a bad thing um, so don't go too right. Don't go too left. Find yourself. It's the, it's the burden. Yeah, it's the burden of diaspora. Mm. You know, you, you're you out here now. You're made of many things. And you have to make sense of the of all of it. And make use of all of uh, everything you have available to you. But at the same time, it can be a... To, to find that center becomes, you know, harder. You kind of start to wish, like, ah, oh, I wish I was... Just a little country boy, a country girl, never left the, the countryside where everything was just kind of, you know, ideal. Like there is no left or right. It's just what is, which is why everyone's uh, looking for that right now. Every, 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 every country in the world seems to be longing for that again. And, uh, you know, starting to, uh, to, to, to put out the big N word, you know, nationalism. <laughs> uh -oh. The nation is back. Nation time. Yo, the empire strikes back, right? Like, just when you think something is like so <laughs> passe and out of out of style, like it, it it comes back roaring, right? Because people believe that the nation is a central way, or should be a central way of knowing yourself. The nation, family, and God, right? Things that were, you know, um, put on put on 
put on put on trial for, for the last like 20, 30, 40 years. And yeah, people want to go back to an olden time mythopoetics of how it used to be, uh, but it can never be that way again. But I, I, I empathize and sympathize for the need and the want to use some of the stories and the myths and the understandings of the past to gain a little bit of insight in you know how we can live better and ethical lives but to run back to the past like it was all good i don't know but i don't know about that um, Stuart hall said this about religion after september 11 and uh 7 7 he's like oh man we thought we were done with religion and then it came back when we, <laughs> when we were at least expecting it there's, there's some of that secular hubris you know right where uh, but he was he was being you know honest about it and uh, the same thing can be said about na nationalism now. So it's, it's coming. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think people are are done with thinking. <laughs> I have just when you know when you were saying it, right? <laughs> you were alluding to it. When there's too much choice, it brings on a certain type of anxiety. And I think that the kind of like unabating individuation that um, that the world has kind of thrusted people into over the last twenty. 30, 40, 100, 200, 300 years, it has become a little <laughs> bit hard for people, right? And I think that a way to kind of transcend that is, is throwing yourself into communal or a national activity uh, as a way to, to save yourself from that anxiety, right? I mean, that's just a, that's just a, that's well, a no You go back to the, yeah, the smallest communal unit, which is a family. And families always had that umbilical cord connected to nation. So family and nation become the thing that you just keep running back to but that's where this the, the marvel standism comes in because that's the loki line mm. you know you're burdened with choice so i'm i'm the tyrant who's here to free you from that burden mm. you know, that's my, my glorious purpose here so that's so the tyrants are coming out again um, exactly because uh... you see you've seen the italian clips i sent you the italian clips forza italia is on the rise <laughs> <laughs> i'm very impressed <laughs> Very confusing times, but uh, that maybe that's part of the whole point. You know, people yeah, love right. Loki now. He's 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 an antihero. So <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I find that fascinating, right? Um, the antihero, in a sense, has become a hero because he is speaking for for those who have been silenced, um, you know, by dominant narratives. And so there's this need for meta narratives or smaller narratives that haven't been included maybe in civil society and media and people are finding their own platforms to engage with, uh, you know what I mean? And then that's where you get a lot of the demagogues coming about, right? They're making their rise through, you know, these new media formats, right? Through the podcast format, through, you know, all of, all of these different forms and yeah, everybody's speaking to everyone individually. Right. Like, you, you want know, somebody to plug in. You want somebody to think for you. Yeah, yeah. tell me what um cuz um you, at some point the neoliberal gambit of take your choice, you know, it becomes too much. It comes to uh like you feel like you can't breathe because you're inundated with uh options and you're supposed to choose. You know, makes you too much of a of an agent <laughs> so you want you want the freedom of being told what to do sometimes you know and that's the that's like the, the back and forth of any subject anyways like you equally are angry at everyone who tells you what to do but on the flip side you could in the, in the very same moment you could also be angry at people who don't tell you what to do who <laughs> don't tell you what to, to expect of them like tell me what you're about for god's sakes you know tell me <laughs> Oh yeah, that, and and uh, that's that's the flip. I mean, maybe on a long term, like on a long durée kind of way, that's what's what happens. From every every generation, just goes back and forth. One that offers uh, here's here's a lot of uh, options and uh, express your autonomy, and the next one is like, come here, my child, you know, let me let me hold your hand and and guide you. <laughs> right. Usually that was that's so. It's either remember yesterday I was telling you. Italians are good with uh, words that start with fash. So maybe, you know, one generation is fashion, you know, consumption. The other mm -hmm. generation is fascism. 
<laughs> Here, let me lead you. Ooh, that's a bar right there. That's a bar right there. Spe that's Speaking of which, the next Captain America movie is going to be called New World Order. Oh. And the, the villain of it is called The Leader. So. Ah. I'm just saying, people are... Some writers are always clued up, man. Yeah, they're, <laughs> the they're, tap they're tapping into the zeitgeist, right? And um, they, they, they mm -hmm. kind of see what's happening. They can give you a little bit of foresight. But the brothers right here are trying to give you some hindsight after they've gotten lost <laughs> in the whirlwind. <laughs> in the whirlwind. You're basically the I told you so, dude. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I, yeah, I just think it's interesting the, the direction we're going into you have these um these authoritative figures online they could be andrew tate they could be uh whoever it may be on the right on the left in the center if there's a center um but people are are really giving over themselves in, in ways that are interesting that i think make way for a kind of maybe techno tyranny uh to be on its way right um and i think that being a part of a community um, and having shared ideas and stories and values is very important to, you know, the well-being of people, right? Like we're, 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 we're social animals, we're political animals, and to kind of take us out of that, out of that context, which we've, we've been taken out of that, out of that sphere for the last two years because of the pandemic. And people want to know each other and be around each other again. But my word of caution uh, to everybody, including myself, is that you still have to retain and remain um, individually engaged with the world and question and sift through everything and what doesn't make sense, bring it forth to dialogue and try to understand. You know, don't just leave things to the wayside, but we understand it ourselves through others, right? I don't think that, and we've talked about this many times, um, this comes, this comes th from the you know, the world of psychoanalysis, uh, analysis, but, you know, we can only understand a little bit of ourselves and we need mirrors around ourselves, other people to kind of reflect to us, you know, the blind spots so that we can get not a total understanding, not become omniscient gods, but to understand maybe, you know, the things that we don't know that we don't know, right? That the, 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 the things, the obstacles that get in our way, right? Um, and then also, I think, to speak to the other point, people want a, a goal, a path, a, a, a telos, a final destination. This is where we're going, right? And, you know, as 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 two guys coming in with a podcast called No GPS, um, it might seem that we're anathema to that, but we're not. <laughs> there, there is a telos that you should work to, but then there also should be a future that you're inventing and spinning from nothing and from just sheer pure creativity those two things can coexist at the same time like i want to be here but at the same time i'm op i'm open to inventing endlessly as you know the famous phenomenon are you talking about po poesis, poesis. Like the, that's what the individual has at the end is the continuous invention and reinvention and yeah but hey man when the when the ss uh, arrives at your doorstep Whatever you've been sculpting, home is not gonna help you. <laughs> uh, no doubt, you That's have to. Have, you have to have affiliation <laughs> with real power, you know. Um, yeah, exactly. So where do you? Uh, I think that's what people are worried about. Some, some more than others. It depends how precarious you, your situation is. Right. So, uh, if you're sitting back and relaxed and seeing what's happening in Italy now, I'm sure there's a whole lot of refugees. We've been stranded all across that country right now who uh, who will not like what's happening what's gonna happen what's coming around the corner because right. um they're they're gonna face the brunt of it so, and i think it's anyway, uh it's, it's the it's the frontier of what it possibly can happen uh all around the world right and with 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 so much with the influx of 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 and the flow of of refugees, migrants, whatever you want to call them, people all over the world moving um, from place to place, you know, and in, 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 in a lot of times with dire circumstances, you know, we don't ask the question, why are they moving like that? Why are they fleeing? Why are they going, right? And I think that once we start to think about those things, 
like think about it in this context, right? So we're, we're talking about Eritrea, we're talking about Italy. So there's a hermeneutical circle. There's a circle of understanding there that we're kind of rotating around. And so those will kind of be well, two pillars. Those, those, hmm? those writers you were talking about in the 19th century, dude, mm-hmm. they were traveling to as far as Italy as well, right? Yeah, they were going out there, man. Like, right. they were... Yeah, so 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 it's a, it's a continuous engagement, intellectual engagement. And I think that, say, in the context of Eritrea, right? Um, so say, like, my father's family on the mother's side come from a province that used to be... Uh, it's an old province name. It's not no longer around anymore. It was it was called Black Forest in the English, uh, the English uh, translation. And I remember going there and, 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 and asking my father, like, hey... Uh, this doesn't look like a place that was so forested. It was called Black Forest because it was so forested that the sun didn't come in. I said, this, this, this place doesn't look like that, right? And he said, oh, no, no, no. They, they chopped a lot of wood over the last uh, century here, the Italians, uh, to make furniture, to, sell, uh, to bring back to, to Italy. And so um, I, later on, I thought about that. I said, hmm, that might have contributed well i know it contributed to the to the environmental de- degradation of Eritrea, which is which is being which, which is which is going through a des- desert desertification it's becoming a more and more of a desert um every year and sometimes those kinds of dire circumstances create people make people flee to cities and then there's no opportunities and opportunities there uh economic opportunities there they have to flee the country, go to other places. But oftentimes, that those kinds of environmental scarcities, they create the conditions for war, right? That only these groups can get these kinds of resources because there's not enough. And then why is there not enough? And then we should, right? And so we're looking at each other, but we're not looking at, hey, who took all of these trees again that we used to make XYZ and export to maybe Yemen or, you know, Ethiopia? Why is that there, not there again, right? To kind of have to do that, you know, economic, well, some some form of anthropology or historical um, anthropology to, to figure that out, even if that's if that's even a thing. Um, and so I find myself here in Toronto. You just said it, the Italians took it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, right, but so, so I, I find goes back to colonialism. Exactly. So I'm here, right? There's a choice, but then there's there's not a choice. And I'm here in Toronto, in the, in, in, in the, uh, the, the biggest city in Canada, and it's this. It has the most mining companies. Uh, it's the mining center of the world, right? For the, this is where mining companies have their operations. This is where they have their specialized management, including in Eritrea. Exactly, right? So there's a relationship <laughs> that I understand um, when I look at the buildings and I look at the different. Uh, when a new building's being put up and you got copper and gold and silver, right? I, I see myself in that building. Um, there's this real tactile connection. And so when we understand ourselves, we see ourselves not everywhere like a narcissist, but gotta have understand the context of why people are moving and leaving. And if you don't lose sight of that, then you won't lose sight of like having empathy for those who we now want to scapegoat, right? It's it's that's 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 what a that's what a wimp does. That's what a sissy does. Is they scapegoat others when things are not going well for themselves. I think you got a beef with somebody else. I don't know if you got a real beef with these refugees. <laughs> well, I would I would do you one better though. I think the places, the very places that they're leaving, are not of their own making. You're mm-hmm. you're, you're going to the places you're landing in. The the new place that you're living in mm-hmm. made made the place where, that you just left from. So there's like there's the psychoanalytic thing you said before is like you 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 don't you can't never really know um like there's like a gap within that you can't really access that uh, that you need the other mm. in order to access to, to have mm. a, to have an idea of mm-hmm. if you balloon that if you balloon that to this big uh, kind of historic historical structural context or scale that's what happened right if they they created the colony. So you basically, you know, you, you, it's like the Fanonian, you know, line about, I was born imbued, you know, I was, I was, I was born into this world imbued with a, with a desire to know everything, right? Like mm-hmm. you just kind of appear, but 
but once you find out that there was a a pre-existing dynamic or history that created you and and including your very idea of uh, of origin for yourself meaning my country my language my city i grew up in my family my mother my father all that stuff that that is that that's i think that's even a deeper problem to to sit sit with Mm -hmm. because now you the place of origin that you so thought that might be your teleological kind of endpoint of where everything will make sense again if i only just you know head there is itself a product of everything you know of the, the existing power dynamics today so there's a reason why you are you know a member of the diaspora the diaspora itself was produced by the existing you know relationships so the power dynamics so that's that's what colonialism does it's, it creates your history for you but you only realize this after the factor that not technically striking the afterwardsness of that that uh, that discovery so and as you grow up you don't understand this it, it comes at a later time it, it will arrive and what arrives it will kind of shock your system and now and now you become well what do i do now you know then you can be then you can be had wow. for uh, for you know, after that it's really what can you do <laughs> and the, there's two options you can you can you know go go where the market is or you can uh, do what you're saying it's the the you know the invention that we talk about the reinvention on your own terms given everything you had you know your your own lived experience It's the, the 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 thing the the thing I sent you from a few weeks ago. Mm. Luke Skywalker says, "You know, just be better. Mm. You can go inward. You can go inwards and try to to mine something for for reinvention mm-hmm. to re to reinvent." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why I would say because it's too deep, man. There's not much you can do as a as a political agent shall we say individually but right. everything is like you were saying like even the, the politics uh the political animal has become populism because if, if people want seek connection and they also seek an origin story and a consistency something that makes sense and a telos you hit the streets you just hit the crowds it just becomes uh you know whatever the whatever whatever podcast you've been listening to for two years during covid that's what leads you and then you join before you know it, you're out there cheering on some some charming uh you know orator <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, it's it's real i think and then then there's going to be a time where you realize whoa i shouldn't be here and it's always it always seems too late there's a belatedness to it right and 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 we're staunch phononian so you you understand that if you're reading that but um There's a sense of always being late. I don't know if that's why we're always late. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got time. I got time. Well, I know I really don't have time. I don't really understand what's happening. And when you seek out this origin, this origin myth, it's a myth. The thing about myths is it's not about if they're real or not. It's about how how much meaning you can derive from that and the ethical worldview that derives from that. Do you know what I'm saying? It gives you meaning and it doesn't leave you to the wayside to be nihilistic and overly pessimistic. But those are our natural drives. Nihilism has its place. Pessimism has its place. Optimism has its place. And, and in a sense that these stories of the past, these places that we come from or these stories that we're connected to, they themselves are inventions. And so it's not so much that you have to discover who you really are. It's about it's also about making who you are right that's the point it's and 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 i get into that conversation a lot where people are trying to do figure out you know where they're from who they are what they connect to and and, and to a certain extent it's like well you got to make it for yourself right now and i'm here to support you in that and be a friend and we can have dialogue we can have conversation and figure it out together but it's not so much that there's a preset destiny for you or preset you know fate for you but you can you can 
you can spin your story into another story. It just don't get caught up in that wave. You got to be like Socrates sometimes. You're in the river, but you're facing the opposite of where the current is going, right? And you got to be able to hold hold still and stand still when that's happening. And then that's when you find out who you, you gotta are. You got to do the work. Just mm -hmm. do the work, whatever it is. Just Because that's what keeps you in the moment. Because like, yeah, if... Cause what happens after, you know, once you reach this humanist um, moment we're in, because all these local groups that had their own inventions, their own origin myths, that's what's, that's what the diaspora is claiming as being lost, right? I don't know where I'm from, I don't know, you know, my language, I don't know, my parents, the background, I don't know, this, that, and, the third. and then, you know, that first, you're driven to find out what that is for yourself. So while you're doing that, the world as a whole is kind of shrinking and we're creating a kind of meta-mythopoetics for all of human, human, humankind called humanism and all its different guises, right? It's humanist. Human, humanism has become like the, the you know, every, everyone can get one. You know, everyone, everyone is uh, equally valid. Every mythopoetic is. And there's a, an attempt now to connect all of the dots in that kind of Straussian way because it's all it all kind of makes sense when you look at it without any uh, biases and stuff so so it's, you, you're kind of stuck that diaspora is stuck between both ends like the, they don't know how to find meaning in a neoliberal uh you know material world that is at the same time feeding you this humanist mythopoetics and trying to find your actual origin story what is my what is my name my mother's name my father's name uh, you know, what are our own kind of histories and stuff like that. So I think after all of that, <laughs> everyone will be on their own pace on this. At some point you have to realize that you have to create something in, in the now with everything that you have to fulfill yourself. That's that's what I would say. I would, wouldn't, wouldn't look forward. I wouldn't look back. I would take both. Um, I'll take the vantage point I have right now to take both into consideration to, to build something for now because you know you know you know when you when you make your music when you're working mm -hmm. isn't it don't you like travel somewhere in your mind where all this stuff doesn't really matter anymore of course yeah like isn't that a moment that you'd want to stay in for a while because i look at people who like wake up every morning and paint or something mm -hmm. you know those people uh I, those are people i'm envious of they're just kind of lost in in that doesn't mean that they're dumb or stupid or whatever. It's just, uh, you know, that they're not apolitical or they're not intellectual. They are all of those things. They just, uh, they figured it out, you know, and they uh, they get something out of the work. And the problem is, of course, is the work for you or is it labor for someone else to extract? So mm. that's what I meant by the, the neoliberal kind of material reality of it. That, that's real. I think in, in neoliberalism in, its, in and of itself wants us to have a zero provenance, uh, not have a history. Um, so you don't have any, any, any ties. Or have or any... one or have mm -hmm. or have one that, that you can profit from, that we, we can profit from, all of us. <laughs> right, right, right. And it, it can always change, right? It's it's always morphing and changing, right? Uh, well, now now we have this new information on uh, on where you really come from. And, and this is what you're about now, right? Like it's like we're, we're Halloween is like every day now, you know, you get to put on this costume, uh, try out this food. Now you're from X, Y, Z, uh, or you have a connection <laughs> here or there. And then to speak on like, you know, when people do art, uh, with, whether they're painting or doing music or writing, it's a form of transcendence that you're accessing. And I think that, um, in, in what I'll say is the old, olden times, right? Our understanding of it, it's that's what religion used to give you. That's what, you know, the, the, the story storytelling by the fireside used to do for you is you can escape yourself to only come back and find yourself, right? In these stories and, you know, modernity in and of itself, right? It's not my idea, it's Nietzsche's idea. It, it with it, with, with its own mad science, it, eradicates all myths it eradicates all stories and i think that that's the the race for making ever more content that's the why marvel and star wars is so is so powerfully uh inconsistent in in, in the zeitgeist now is that puts them in the machine 
Yeah, you yeah. you get you Doesn't get to erase access. It, puts it in the machine. Yeah, but you get yeah. to access transcendence through those 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 media forms, those those shows, the things that you would have on a communal basis. You would go here on a Friday, you know, things that are routine. Um, and so we don't have that that kind of grounds us, and that's what keeps that's what has us a bit, a, you know, out there, kind of like a leaf in the wind, right? That's what I mean. The only thing that can ground you is work whatever the work is whatever you need to do for each person is gonna be different mm-hmm. you need to do it for yourself first what i was gonna say is the the, the thing about food <laughs> eating food foods from other places i guess it's like if you, if in the 60s the refugee who arrived in london was being kicked at and spat at and being felt you know you know being welcomed into this new hierarchy today it's kind of less it's less violent i mean but it's equally you know the logic is still the same there are people who grew up in europe in big cities in europe who grew up eating foods from all over the world because you know they live in this urban environment who treat the new coming the new fresh off the boat refugee as someone in, in very much in the same way because now they're more multicultural than he is or than she is it's crazy because he's just monocultural he just he just came from his own country you know mm. so these people have been eating so much, uh, or you know, consu- consuming so much, so much culture in their cities, right? London, Rome, Frankfurt, Berlin, uh, Paris, uh, Milan, Amsterdam, whatever, and you know, your, all your North American cities. That now the new the newcomer is kind of like you know he's the fob now, the new fob. That's what they call him here, anyways. So. That's, that's what's interesting to me. Like the, the hierarchy still remains. You still need, even the you know even this self-proclaimed progressive multicultural subject needs this uh, newcomer to so that they can feel you know uh, you know just adequately progressive and and uh, cutting edge in terms of like you know uh, liberal you know, you know that, that ego needs to be fed like hey hey hey. Cause you, cause it's like, what we used to say back in uh, the colonial days. It's like what I used to say, anyways. Was uh, we've come to a new place in the timeline now, where before you had to be anti-colonial, decolonial, and tell the colonial person that you know you 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 know you you got your foot on my neck. Now you've reached the point where you tell the tell the um, the, 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 the colonial person who is being colonial actively portrays himself as being decolonial and they tell you how to do decolonial, how to be decolonial. You know, that's how it is now. It's like, yes, we oppressed you for so long, but now you must listen to our emancipation plans. You know, we know what's best yeah. for you. What a head trip. So that's yeah. like, and that's, and that's like at the very, t- you know, kind of top political kind of levels, but also very, you know, like you said, on any given Friday type of, type of like social uh, you know um environment just so socializing you know like oh my god you've never eaten um i don't know you never eaten uh food from laos like what no i never i never i never been there i've never been there too silly but i've eaten from there because it's yeah there's this nice place i know i guess i need I, in order to integrate, I need to now know everything of, you know, about ne- Nepalese food mm-hmm. or something. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's 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 new forms of power, new forms of like using cosmopolitanism to to lord over others and and tell them to get you know. There's a strict regime of how people yeah, we're are worldly. To act we're more worldly now. Right, we're more right. humanist. Ex- exactly. You know what I mean? There's there's a strict order, a strict regime of of. Uh, you know values and understandings that that's going going through the pipeline right now and making its rounds and you know um you know your, your hr team at a workplace near you is probably doing uh, some kind of work training right now <laughs> based around these ideas of like you need to be more mindful and xyz and and you know i get all of that but at the same time it is it is a, a bit condescending no, it's very condescending in a, in a, in a well, lot of... Because it's all, it's all not real. It's via the neoliberal, you know, uh, machinery. Like, it's just mm-hmm. by, by the market. You went, you paid money to eat Vietnamese food. Right. That doesn't make you, 
more anything, you know. Right, right. Just, uh, You're not going to know more about Vietnam than, yeah. Yeah, you're just flaunting your um, bourgeois kind of, you know, just flexing bourgeois. Your worldliness. That's you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and inherent to that is there, inherent to that is their disdain for the rural in the local sense. And that's what's uh, creating this uh, tension on the on the right side, right? So all these rural working class farm boys and girls are like, hey, man, F all these uh, these city dwellers. So uh, let's vote in Trump. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're rounding up on an hour now. This was the first episode. And um, yeah, for all you travelers out there, travelers in your city, uh, tapping into other worlds, other places in the world. Um, this one's for you. Uh, no GPS. <laughs> you make the world go round. Uh, so thank you for listening. And we, we, we will be right back at you with another episode. Uh, short, shortly. All right. So, Mez, we did it. First one is in yeah. the can. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Till the next one. Yes. Thank you.